Hello and welcome to the Captain's Chronicle podcast. How are you doing, everybody? Tonight, uh, tonight, today is another episode, and I'm very excited because this is a very cool episode with a special person, which uh, is a kind of a little dream come true, to be honest. Uh, I met this, I follow this guy on YouTube, and then all of a sudden I met him in the streets of Israel. Uh, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. How's it going, Bobby? Dude, so good. How, how about yourself? How's everything going with you? Everything is great. Everything is amazing, dude. Uh, when you said that you were going to be on this podcast, I was like, amazing. <laughs> I was so I was so psyched. And and then, uh, you know, I happy I'm happy that things uh, uh, happened the way they did, and now we're here. Yeah, man. Me too. Yeah, I'm so hyped to be here. It's so cool. Like the story how uh, we met just randomly. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that this could come full circle and I could, you know, be on your podcast. This is so cool. So yeah, it's an amazing for me. I'm very grateful for you for this opportunity. Uh, for me, I'm a, as a beginner content creator and you are pretty much a veteran at this point. So, uh, so <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very grateful. So let's, let's, let's tell people how the way we met, I'll start with my side that I followed you ever since I lived in New York. Uh, I saw your channel, how you roll the streets of New York. You do your the food challenges, the physical challenges, the how to make a one thousand to ten thousand dollars challenge, <laughs> and and I was just like, I like your your enthusiasm. I like your authenticity, and you know, like roll like seeing everyone there. You have Sarah, you have Casey, you have a lot of content creators, and and then you. It was great to to kind of it made me feel connected to the city. And so I was watching and one day, all of a sudden we went out with friends and there you are. I saw someone, <laughs> a familiar figure and, and you, you're filming. So now I'll let you plug in, like, like let you continue the story from that point. Yeah. So I believe the place that I was filming at, it was a, um, it was like a sandwich shop that was selling specific types of kebabs like right across the street mm -hmm. and it was funny because how we met was like I, I went to like every time I start filming and I'm outside I try to find the energy basically I, I love to be around um just just the highest energy possible right so I I chose a place in this square where I have never seen so many people before this was <laughs> A couple of years ago now, about a year and a half ago, I think, or two years now. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of people just out, uh, just enjoying themselves. And I'm not sure if you remember this, but there was this guy that came oh. up to me. Hell and yeah. He like <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was possibly the craziest interaction I've had with just a random person. Um, he was, he was definitely a little bit drunk, but he, like I offered him a, a, some <laughs> yeah. of my sandwich. He just like housed the sandwich. And, you know, I was talking to him for a couple of minutes and he went away and then you came up um, and you introduced yourself and you were like, do you want to grab something to eat? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So um, that was super cool. That was, that was really awesome to meet you, meet your friends um it was it was definitely a great introduction to 
uh, just the energy and the vibe out there. Yeah, it was it was such a cool night, and that guy was super funny. Like I saw him, <laughs> you rolled you rolled so nicely with it. Like usually, you know, mm-hmm. someone would come up to you and like they're, they're, he was drunk, he was so drunk, and like he came, <laughs> he came to you, and then he's like, and you were so nice. You you actually gave him a piece of your your pita, and uh, sure. and then you joined, and it was a, such a great it was a great night, and I really enjoyed it. And um, ever since we we keep in contact. And uh, yeah. how was how was your experience? Like, it was was that your first time in Israel when you were visiting? Yep, yeah, it was my first time. I loved it. the The markets, the people, um, just the energy there. It was really amazing. I I loved it. I, I really can't say anything um, bad about my experience. I I loved it so much. It was the the food is some of my favorite food in the world. Um, honestly, that square, just like, it was so fun and so lively, so playful as well. It Mm -hmm. was, um, just a really good time. Really good time. I'll ask as a, as a local, because there's some, um, there's usually, there's a different picture painted to people who don't come here and they just hear about, he brought this country in the, in the news. Uh, what was your feeling versus what you heard and versus how you felt it? Um, you know, I have, uh, I have a couple really good friends, um, that are from Tel Aviv and they, you know, they kind of introduced me to, uh, just the culture, right? Like before going there. So I kind of had already an Mm. understanding of, um, the liveliness of things, uh, the importance of, you know, specific dinners and stuff. And, um, just overall like connection, the importance of connection in general, um, the, you know, playful debates, like just stuff like that. (laughs) Um, so I already, I had, I already had like, so, so these two friends that I have, um, I actually, I traveled with them for two months, uh, through China and Mongolia. So I had like a very, I, I already was like in that culture basically. Oh yeah. So, so you experienced um, the, the, the true Israelis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, just being there, it was kind of, a, it, it felt like I already knew, uh, the culture in general. Um, and it was really cool to be there because, you know, it was, um, yeah, I can only describe it as being lively and just a lot of fun. So I'm I'm very happy to hear that you had a great experience and uh, I'm happy to be part of it. So man, tell me how, first of all, you are now in the middle of the desert as well, escaping the cold (laughs) and, uh, how, how did you even get into the life of of traveling? How where were this uh where did it wake up in you? Yeah, so I would say uh the first point that I woke up to just this kind of like travel bug um was when I went to New York City actually when I was uh 19. So I I had lived in Chicago and the Chicago suburbs for my whole life. Um, and you know, it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, at the time, it's the only thing that I knew. 
I was really obsessed with specific things. Like I was a baseball player. <laughs> uh, I, I played baseball my whole life. Baseball was like everything to me. Right. And so Cubs I or Sox, passion of, Oh, hey. you know, to be honest, I'm not a very good Chicagoan for baseball. I love <laughs> football. I love the bears. Like I like really like, the Bears are my team, right? But for baseball, I was really obsessed with the Oakland A's um, uh, based on the general manager, Billy Bean. They made a movie, Moneyball. Great movie. Uh, but I was obsessed when I was, yeah, right? Yeah, I that was like my thing when I was like 10 years old. I'm like, I want to be a general manager for a baseball team, um, which is kind of a weird thing for 10-year-olds <laughs> uh, to dream about. But anyway, um, so I ended up playing baseball my first year of college at a school in Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, which is the polar opposite of the city. Uh, and I hurt my arm, unfortunately. And I was like, okay, what do I do? Um, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to New York city. I was obsessed with business at the time, kind of kept with that, you know, general manager baseball thing, but less baseball, more, more money uh, business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was like, well, what better than to go to New York? Right. And so I went to New York and there's no way to describe New York city because Chicago is one thing. Um, New York is the only place I feel like still in the U S where you walk the streets and there's actual first generation, um, immigrants there, you know, like from all different cultures, from all different backgrounds, you know, you go to, uh, Jackson Heights and there's people that are from, uh, Tibet there, Nepal there, uh, China, India, Pakistan, like you name it, right? Like any culture, uh, is there. And, um, it was, it was such a mind blowing experience to me that after a while I, I was like, you know, I, I think I want to travel. I had never been outside of the U S when I was 19. So that summer I went to Southeast Asia for three months um, and that just kind of, the rest was history after that. Like I, every moment I could, I would travel on the weekends during college. I would find like the best price ticket to <laughs> a country and go like, I'm talking about like not knowing anything about the country, just being like, Oh, this is a hundred dollars. Like I'll go there, you know, and like, just go, go, go. Um, and then after, uh, college, after I graduated college, I decided to make travel my life. Um, so I just moved to Columbia, um, and I was on a very tight budget. I was not doing YouTube at the time mm -hmm. at all. Uh, and I was just on this like never ending adventure. And, um, so that's how I got into travel. That's amazing, uh, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you, but do you, do you, do your family ever traveled or like, is there, there is a history in your family of traveling? Like, did you see it before? Um, so actually as a little kid, I didn't really appreciate travel that much. My, my grandma was a world traveler. So she, uh, went to almost every country in the world. Unfortunately, I didn't know her that well. I, um, she died when I was four, but I, I've always heard these stories about her traveling and living in Japan for six months and, um, going and going across Europe, you know, for <laughs> a year at a time. And, you know, that's a pretty like we're talking about like now she would have been something like 90. So we're talking about like 70, 60 years ago, like a, uh, 
a woman traveling and trotting around the world is, you know, that's, that was a very unique thing, right? hundred percent. So I definitely have it. Yeah. I definitely have it in my uh, blood, I guess you would say. But for me, when I was growing up, I was never really, um, I never had the spark to be like, I want to know more. Like I was more so just very obsessed with the passion of baseball. Um, and I guess that probably led to me just being, in shock when I found something outside of it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. This is incredible. Just appreciating cultures. And my passion of baseball kind of transferred into discovering the world almost. So that's amazing. And you've been in so many places and also kind of the traveling on the budget became kind of your niche when you do the, <laughs> you do the capsule reviews uh, here at the hotel and how sure. to make the most out of your, out of your uh, out of what you have and that's an, an amazing experience and i feel i feel personally a lot of people think they need a lot of money to travel but mm -hmm. how how would you how what would you tell to those people who who have this idea that money is the, the is the only thing you need for traveling oh i mean yeah like I guess it was such a great experience that I was kind of forced into a tight budget in the <laughs> beginning. Because, <laughs> no, because really, like, uh, honestly, it's it's kind of a life lesson um, at the end of the day as well, because, you know, there's a cliche saying, like, money doesn't buy happiness and everything. But money certainly can buy comfort. Let's yeah. not be wrong. In that. But at the same time, it can make you almost uh stagnant it can it can make you not want to try to almost live more and you know when i went off traveling i kind of went on this hypothesis of um i don't think i need a lot of money to fully experience the world and my findings was you know actually the less money you have now you know it's better to have a decent budget <laughs> the less money you have the more you kind of abandon that comfort of, you know, having a hotel bed, uh, of having a perfect place to sleep every night and just fully immerse yourself in, I just want to connect with people, you know, and I just want to, uh, go with the flow and say yes to things. And I'm not seeking comfort whatsoever. I'm more so seeking to live and just to enjoy it basically. So, um, honestly, that's something that I don't think I would have found if I wasn't forced <laughs> to like live this way. Um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, was, wasn't a broke college kid at the end of my studies because I had worked and, um, created a couple, uh, web design companies, but at the same time, I wasn't at all like, you know, traveling the world with a massive budget. I, yeah. you know, I was. 10 to 20 dollars a day was my budget basically uh for three years so so yeah. basically it's like a it's a buffer between the living and comfort so the the more money you have you're gonna have comfort in your travels but you you might you most likely experience less of the of the 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 place the culture the people because you're kind of put yourself put create some distance between you and the what happens on the ground level so basically you say when you 
put yourself on a budget when you you calculate and you try not to try to live frugal but calculate it you and you get out of this comfort zone you find life you find connection you find amazing experiences you know you really remind me of the guys from yes theory who oh yeah i love yes theory yeah, uh, like yeah. they're there it's you you kind of said and i really resonate with this message myself like seek seek the discomfort or seek the now i would say the discomfort is people would see it as something like something negative but seek the sure. challenge seek the 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 experience yeah. you know seek the the what's happens outside of the shell of the known you know totally yeah and that's and that's totally truly amazing how would you but how did you were able to connect with people with uh without the language how do you create connection when you have sometimes a language barrier um I mean, it's, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think that I, one of the biggest discomforts I've ever done in my life was when I moved to Colombia and I moved to Colombia and I, you know, anybody that says, oh, they're not good at languages, um, all this stuff. I got, I, I'm not sure how the grading scale is in Israel, but I, I got a D in one of my Spanish classes when I was in high school. And, you know, that's a very bad grade. You know? <laughs> so it's like, so I was one of the worst Spanish students in my school. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to go to Colombia. I had this couch surfer friend who introduced me to his friends in Medellin, the city in Colombia mm -hmm. that I had never been to. And I met them and they didn't speak any English at all. Oh, boy. so yeah. Yeah. So I, I had started learning Spanish again. I hadn't studied Spanish for four years since high school. I started learning at my senior year of college just by myself. And I was so committed to like, just trying to make something happen, like trying to connect with just the world, basically. Um, and I ended up learning Spanish, um, spoke it with them every day, uh, lived with them. They became my friends to a point where like, we called each other like cousin in Spanish, which was super cool. I got to a point where I didn't speak English for a good, like three months actually, which is crazy Whoa. to me. Yeah. Um, so that was, I can't describe that experience, um, because it's, it's, I mean, for a kid from the suburbs of Chicago to go from not leaving the U S until 19 to be living with, uh, four Colombians that don't speak any English, um, and only speaking Spanish with them. It, that was a huge discomfort for sure in the beginning, but it turned into one of the best experiences, uh, of my life. That's, so, that's um, crazy. Did you catch yourself like in the moment, like, like when you were speaking, when you were speaking with them Spanish fluently and you, and you for a second went, whoa, I'm speaking Spanish for so long. All the time. Yeah. All the time. All the, all the time. Yeah. I would catch myself all the time. Like, wow, I'm actually having like 
really deep conversations in Spanish. And I feel like I'm unlocking a part of myself that I've never known before. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's a really nostalgic thing for me to look back on because it's, uh, it, it was one of the best decisions of my life to just go to Columbia with no plan, literally <laughs> nothing. Like people would ask me like, what are you going to do in Columbia? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going like, to like, I'm going to learn the language and see what happens, you know, see like what, I, what else I want to do there. Um, and you know, I wasn't going for a job. I wasn't going for a specific language school. I wasn't going for a specific program. I just like was going there to embrace the life there. Um, and yeah, I can't say, uh, enough good things about that. That's, it, it was yeah, one of the most incredible experiences. Dude, so. it just sounds so amazing how you have the courage to just get up and go and you put your your mind into it and you and you say to yourself, Yes, I'm I'm doing this. Whatever happens, happens. I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna make the most out of it. That's a very incredible trait, very strong trait to have. And uh <laughs> from my experience of the U.S., a lot of uh, kids around me when I was in college, uh, they're very, I would say, a little bit timid because a, a lot of them haven't experienced the world. You know, haven't haven't thought of like the, the most the most they travel would be the DR or Hawaii. And they, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, sure. For, yeah. to say you can, I mean, the U.S. is is incredibly big incredibly large oh, you can yeah. travel was, there your whole yeah. life and not see everything but even oh, yeah. but but there like you said i feel i personally i feel that when you speak a certain language there it's, it's like a you assume a different personality yeah yeah it's really crazy it's really crazy oh. how how crazy <laughs> is that so when people when you speak english your whole life you you kind of just get a in a box but when you speak spanish and when you speak maybe a little chinese or maybe a little portuguese or maybe a little something else opened within you and then you op your life kind of becomes more diverse totally yeah yeah i mean i think for me um you know now i uh i don't speak spanish as well as i did before but that's because i'm really focused on French right now and they're very similar, but to, it, it's just, it's so interesting to see the traits that are unlocked within you from different languages, because you really, you understand how the cultures are so similar to your own, but also so different too, in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's it's an incredible thing to you know go on a uh i don't know a holiday weekend with your friends speaking a completely different language than your own and just being like wow this is pretty wild i am the only person that is a native you know because being from the u.s you have this kind of thought process in your head like oh the u.s is the normal place to be from the the u.s you know english is this you know language that everybody's speaking so why would I learn another language? But it's just, um, it's, it's really great to put that kind of perspective that so many people maybe not mindfully have, but just have deep down, um, off to the side and just be like, 
now I'm going to experience the world. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of yeah. the, the default perspective, though. Um, how did yeah. you ever encounter like how how were people react? Did your did people in different countries react to you being American in sort of way? Um. Hmm. I mean, I to, you know a lot of people. A lot of people sometimes like talk about like negatives about being, you know, because obviously like the U.S. affects so much, uh, so much of the political system, just the world system. So I, I don't know, like, I, I think I'm somebody that um, I kind of, for better or worse, um, ignore negativity sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's some people that sometimes see negatives from, you know, being from a culture. For me, the only thing I, I found and saw was just positives. You know, like some people were so excited that I was from the U.S. Um, for example, when I was in Russia, uh, everyone, when I said I was from the U.S., you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm from Germany. Oh, yeah, I'm from uh, France. Oh, I'm from the U.S. Oh, you're from the U.S. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That's where I want to go. That's my dream. You know, like all that stuff. Um and, you know, same thing in Southeast Asia, same thing, uh, same thing pretty much, pretty much everywhere I go, there's at least some people that um, they find the U.S. very interesting and very cool. And I think that's a fantastic thing. I, I love people appreciating the U.S. and I, um, I yeah, I've only encountered positivity around the world i'm happy i'm happy to hear and I'm, and like i said that's a that's a great way to come to a place and see okay i'm gonna make the most with with also not like the money that i have but the the uh the background that i come with so i'm sure. gonna i'm gonna be a because people don't don't i feel like people don't always get that when they travel at least I'll say from my from my country's perspective, they forget that they're in this way ambassadors of of their country. Sure. <laughs> in a sense, because uh, we're not not all more often than not, you hear uh, how countries say, "Oh, these Israelis uh, travelers, they did this and they did that." Like a lot of countries, oh, know, yeah? a lot of oh, countries, wow. a lot of countries know know Israel because we we. We tend to go and like make make ourselves visible, you know. We're not <laughs> we're not sitting idly and, and and wait until something happened. We go and we be up and up and about about everything. So, so sometimes sure. it's good, sometimes it's not. But it's great to that <laughs> that you. It's it's very for me. It's very uh, educational how you come and you um. Even though I'm American and I, you aware of your being your background, you say, okay, I'm not gonna take give space to that, to that mindset. I'm gonna do my best yeah. with my background. Yeah, well, I mean, I think something that's really great about uh, the U.S. culture, for better or worse, is that we don't have. Um, I mean, it's. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but. For me, I never felt like I had anything really to like uh, separate myself from people. So there wasn't a specific cultural trait or cultural thing that I would do that um, people would be like, "Oh, he's American" type <laughs> of thing. So I, I feel like I was never I was never defined by a culture. Honestly, some people would sometimes ask me like, "Oh, you're not from the U.S. Like, where where is your family originally from?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, 
Italy, Sicily, and oh, Italy. Okay, that makes sense. You know, so like people never like associated me with uh, just being an American, which is interesting. Uh, the only people that really associated me with being an American are people that would want to go live in the U.S. or something like that, yeah. which um, is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I feel as though people sometimes have a different uh, a different experience being an American sometimes on the road. But again, maybe that's because they they're uh, very much American specific traits that maybe some people look for. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie a good year? Oh, I think so. That's, um, is that the one with the vineyard? Yeah. With Russell Crowe. He's a British, uh, he's a British uh, broker. And there was a, there was a scene there. There was like two, a couple who said like, I want a ranch (laughs) dressing on my salad and like put the, (laughs) and then they like, they said to them, right. The McDonald's are there. You can go like, get out of (laughs) here. So, so, you know, like sometimes, sometimes it it portrays like that in, in the, in the media, in the movies, but I'm sure I didn't experience it like that. And I know that I know, I think because you, open to so many places and so many people and experience culturals, cu- cultures and different uh, customs, then you, uh, in a way, kind of, it, it might sound weird, but assimilated to the world. So you part of, you can, sure. you, you, you can, you can find your level among different places and not, and not be stuck to, to you know habits or customs that are not uh good for the place how was yeah how was uh how connections differ from with different cultures like how 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 do they range because some cultures have different approach to people to hospitality how does it how did you see it um in what way exactly (laughs) explain the so, so how do how do connection vary in the sense that people talk between each other or behave, like, treat each other in different countries? Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it really, I feel as though it, it varies uh, significantly based on the country, right? Um, for example, I, I would just say like with meeting up with people and hanging out with them, um, it's very different, right? Like for example, you, you're in Colombia and it's very common to Mm -hmm. go to a person's house that maybe you've never met before. And then like just dance with like 10 people, including maybe like their mom or the grandma, for example. (laughs) Um, and it's like all ages, right? Like, which is incredible. And it's so open and so, uh, loving and so, um, expressive. Whereas if you take a place like Japan, um, I have a good buddy of mine that I was like, Hey man, uh, let's meet up. And he's like, okay, like, uh, I actually am working all day. Um, but you can go out with me and my colleagues for drinks. And I was like, all right, cool. So like, instead of just meeting him and maybe going out with his, uh, girlfriend or friends or something, I went out with him and like his entire co-workers like in general like and his boss like bought us all drinks and stuff and like was going wild like drinking like endless amounts of <laughs> uh shots and stuff so so yeah i mean like 
I feel as though connection is really based on, uh, it's, you know, connection is such a difficult thing. Obviously it, I think it's the same when you cut it all down, like it's the same, right? It's like talking with people, uh, sharing something with them and experience, um, being kind, uh, being in some way generous to a mm -hmm. situation. Uh, if you're in Colombia, being generous is being like open and maybe bringing a gift. Uh, if you're in Japan, it's uh, being, you know, on time and laughing at people's jokes and, you know, and making people feel as comfortable as possible, right? So it, it's similar everywhere around the world. I mean, I guess those are like two very polar opposite <laughs> yeah. societies. So that those are two very good ones to look at. So that's that's great. That's awesome. I mean, I always heard about how Japan has this uh, has this custom when <laughs> when during the day there's during the day the company is is like so high. There's like a clear hierarchy. Your boss, you not like you you pay respects to your upper uh, upper workers, and everything is so polite and so meticulous. And then when the yep. clocks is off, you all get hammered together. <laughs> when uh, what yeah, it's like what happens cool. in the bar stays in the bar. And then the next day, yeah. I, I can imagine this happening here in Israel because if you my boss will call me and go to a bar with him, I'll be best buddies with this guy. And like and the next day he won't be able to tell me, okay, now you do this. And like, okay, wait, 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 wait. But we drink together. How are you telling me now to do? You know, there's. I know it's wild. It's it's a <laughs> it's a wild culture. I love it. I love the Japanese culture. I think it's um, I think it's so fascinating just how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's really cool because when you go into another culture, and if you go in with an open mind and open heart, just everything like that, you tend to look at it as though like the people in that culture are in the forest and they don't see how maybe like wild some things are, right? Like, Oh, you know, I'm drinking with my boss. And then the next day I can't tell them that I didn't finish the PowerPoint or something, you know, like you can't talk just openly with each other. And for me, it's just like, Oh my gosh, like this is so, you know, it's, it's, you see a different perspective. Right. And that's why it's so beautiful uh, with just different cultures coming together because with different cultures, you, um have the you have the, the ability to just see what other people sometimes maybe don't so how how do you think with the i feel i feel with the recent events in the world like with this whole uh pandemic we got to appreciate more the this connection and the, those small things that bring us together and uh, you moved a little bit around within the United States and just a little bit like right now of when you, where you are, how, do you see, do you see people, how do you see the people work their way out of it? Um, how do I see people work their way out of the, just like, the, yeah, the like how did they, do you think, do you think, or COVID, I mean, or? Do, how, do you think we're going to get closer when uh, things are going to open up a oh. little um, yeah, I mean, I think overall people are craving connection a little bit, um, more. I think that I've really been focused on going to places where 
tourism is the number one industry. And that's why it's uh, maybe there's more there, there's there's more restrictions that keep things open put into place. Um, for example, in Dubai, you get tested before leaving and you get tested at the border, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this like double system where it's like, um, and they've done a pretty good job out here. But um, I think that the people that I've encountered uh, in Dubai, uh, in, for example, Florida in the U.S., in uh, Vegas, um, New York, and Boston, like they, everyone, I think, feels this uh, emptiness of connection. Um, I think that people are trying to connect through different platforms like Zoom and uh, video chats and everything like that with friends. But I think that once the pandemic is over, I think there's going to be this this kind of rush to to kind of live what maybe people wanted to live before the pandemic. I, I'd hope so, at least. That's kind of what I'm thinking is, um, you know, I'm doing my best to like keep the lifestyle that I have to in, in the safest way possible and to live life the way that I want to live it. But um, the pandemic definitely does hold people back from doing exactly what they want to do, maybe. Um, or I guess it's harder. Mm-hmm. So I think after, after that shield of difficulty leaves, I think that people are going to definitely want to connect a lot more, be out in the streets, uh, be in restaurants and bars and clubs, and, uh, maybe just live their dreams a little bit more. Oh, uh, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. But yeah. people, people feel like, okay, life is too... Uh, <laughs> life is life is too short to to be stuck behind the desk all the time, and let's let's uh, and and I, I, we haven't even touched upon one of your like one the thing that really br- what brought us together. Like we talked about your travel, we talked about your experience around the world, but there's right. a, a, there's another face to it, and well, it's uh, it is your face to it when you put yourself in front of the camera and you document yeah. it. And how were like, of course, I, I hear a lot of a lot of uh, from a lot of interviews online. People say, just do it, you know, just put yourself in front of the camera and, and, and sure. st- start. How was the, yeah. the experience uh, born when you took a, <laughs> and 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 went with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I gotta say that I think that people start at a specific level when when they pick up the camera. Um, you know, let's say scale one to 10, 10 being, you know, the highest, let's say like, I don't know if you're familiar with like Emma Chamberlain, for example, but like mm-hmm. she picked up a camera and like, she was like, bam, I'm sure it wasn't like such an overnight success, but you know, if your channel grows at 16 years old, it's probably going to be, you know, not an overnight success, but it's something like that. Right. And she's amazing. And she's great. But for me, I think I started at like maybe a, a two or something like that. Um, <laughs> I picked up the camera and, you know, uh, I, I really, I had no background in entertainment. Um, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I had just gone on. The first time I picked up a camera was during my first travels at 19. 
And, you know, I would like shoot things and I, I came back all excited to edit. It was my first video of <laughs> editing. Um, and I realized I'm like, oh, I didn't shoot this correctly. Oh, what, what video did I actually shoot here? Um, <laughs> and I think what I realized, you know, on one end of the spectrum, I didn't really have any good examples of people that I should be kind of being influenced by in creating my own style. And at the other end, I didn't really organize myself to do anything. I just basically shot videos and I was like, oh, I'm shooting a vlog, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's not really a vlog if you uh, split it up over a hundred day period instead of one day, right? Um, so like, I, you know, I, I, it took a long time uh, to get my channel moving. Um, but I think, I think what I did wrong that maybe if other people want to learn from my mistake is you, you know, you don't have to be the best speaker on camera. You don't have to be the best, uh, entertainer in the beginning. You, you just need to make something that other people will find valuable. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that that can be hard for people to digest at first, but it's like, um, for example, for me, I went to Thailand, and Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Singapore, and I made, I didn't make a video per se. I made, uh, just a documentation of my life. Right. And maybe, I don't know, a hundred people would find this documentation interesting. And when a hundred people find something interesting, maybe 10% of people that find it interesting will watch it. Right. So kind of a, a way to think of, you know, your first video as a content creator is to think like, okay, what will a million people find interesting? Right. Yeah. And go from there. Right. And like, then you can form an idea around that structure and it's a lot easier to make a video How, from that structure. Do you, did you ever see, like, I know you wanted to become a general manager and everything. And it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of influence yeah. and a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, exposure. But did you ever, uh, sire? Did you ever see yourself with over a million and a half people who subscribe to your channel <laughs> and uh, watch your content and consume? Yeah, your words uh, and yeah. your. Uh, <laughs> how crazy is no. that? It's crazy. No, it it really is crazy. Um, I don't really understand it, and I think it's a good thing that I don't understand it, but. Um, I think it just happened in a way of like, yeah, I, to be honest, I still just don't, I don't <laughs> get it. You know, there's some people that, you know, they stand up and they're, I have a million subscribers and, you know, they, they like, they try to have that be a part of their ego and everything. And for me, like, I luckily just don't really feel it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like, this is fantastic. I don't really understand uh, why this person comes up to me on the street and says, Oh, I love that video type of thing. And I'm like, Oh, you saw that. That's awesome. Thank you. Like, <laughs> you know, so, um, I think the only thing that's changed is just, I have an understanding of what people enjoy watching and how I can get better as a content creator, um, rather than, uh, you know, being in awe of, having you know the amount of people mm -hmm. that watch the videos as i do uh 
Wow, I just blanked out because I had something. <laughs> oh, I remembered. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. By the way, it's like feel free to like uh, it's a, an open conversation and like it's not just like an interview interview. So feel free, like you sure, have a question, sure. just like shoot it up. Uh, awesome. What I wanted to ask is, is how do you overcome this this uh, self judgmentalism when you see yourself in a video and you hear yourself talk and you see because <laughs> because we all. In the experience, you don't have anything to show you like, oh, this is me. This is how I sound. This is how I, I look. This sure. is my mannerisms. How do you go through that process? Or you started and now because you have all this practice, so it's not as apparent to you. But how did you start with that process? Yeah, that's a that's a big question, right? Because uh, it starts with like being comfortable filming yourself in public. And that's something that a lot of people have issues with. Um, I think for me, uh, you know, just starting with filming myself in public, like I, I just told myself, even when I had, you know, 10 subscribers, I told myself, uh, the people that are going to be watching this video, which is the camera are the people that are important in this moment. It's not the people around me that might be giggling or might be like pointing at me. Um, and you know, I wish I could say that that gets easier but it you know for a lot of people like for me i to be honest i've there's some moments when i feel uncomfortable even now uh maybe and maybe when people are you know being very quiet and then i have to be very quiet and like the streets in new york are you know it's so easy to vlog but maybe in like a nice restaurant you have to be like how do i do this type of thing but for a lot of content creators um it's uh you know people are still feeling that nervous energy, not as before, but still feeling that. So I think just knowing that it's kind of always going to be that, like, it's kind of weird to vlog. Like it's weird because, you know, maybe one out of 10,000 people walking down the street are vlogging. That makes you weird by definition. That's fine. I think it's just being fine with being weird. Um, I think, overcoming the personal judgments on video knowing that it's not necessarily the video is not necessarily for yourself the video is for your audience and mm -hmm. for anybody that's going to be watching the video so um i think just kind of understanding that and understanding that you are a unique person at the end of the day and maybe you uh said something weird or maybe you did something that's a little bit cringe um but that's you right like <laughs> i i make so many cringe things on camera that i just keep in the edit just because i'm like this is just me right like i <laughs> i was going on a first class airplane seat and i like stained my shirt like from a soup that i was eating and i like i put that in the video because i'm like that's just me and you know people in the comments were hilarious they're like bobby's the only person that would go onto a plane with a stained shirt you know? <laughs> like going onto a first class like it was the first time i've ever been in first class and i'm like i just don't belong here right and it's like um but it's kind of just like owning i think what i learned in this kind of segment segues into the new york content is like I just learned to own whoever I was and to do that in the, the most authentic way possible. You know, like I, I started, you know, you, you were saying like that I did these videos in New York of like just roaming the streets and living on a budget. 
And that was like who I, that's the life I was living when I was in New York, right? Like New York is super expensive. It's uh, pretty much impossible to live there if you are creating yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I think it's, I think YouTube is a really great thing for anybody that is like, you know, wanting to own who they are, you know, because uh, the internet is undefeated with. <laughs> that's an awesome thing to say. Like, that's, a, that's a great way yeah. to think to say to, to yeah. use, to use this, this platform and to put yourself out there as a way to take ownership of the, the person that you are to to appreciate yeah. who you are in your voice in this whole in this massive massive uh pond so exactly that's uh yeah. you know i just remember the first time i ever saw you it was a video i think of a of a chinatown review of an apartment like oh yeah yeah that was my that was my apartment nobody knew that about that video but that was my apartment <laughs> I was, Dude, I made that video. Yeah. The last day I was in the, the apartment, I made the video and yeah. <laughs> because I was, so. I thought about living in the city and then I lived in Long Island for a little bit. And then I saw you and, and you were like, yep, this is how it is. You know, people like when you want to make it in New York, this is how you got to do it. And it clicked because I saw a video. I think I saw a video of Gary V just before that. He said, "If you have yeah. to bunk up with people, but you get your your make get your shit done, it then do it." And then it clicked, and that's what I think created your resonance with with me. And that's ah, uh, very cool. And then cool. I was like, "Wow, this guy is doing it. This guy, you know, is he's 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 <laughs> oh, that's uh, cool. Putting himself down all like in in Israel, like it's it's a bad expression, but if I if I translate it." It's like he suicides on his idea. Like, like that's not <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's like it's putting everything on, you know, just just throwing everything into it, right? Yeah, like yeah. putting everything on the line and everything like that. It is throwing everything. No, I I certainly get it. It's committing, yeah. and 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 I really uh, like and and just you said uh, the authenticity and and the, your your just who you are was shown in the video. And it's great to sure. hear from you saying that it helps you to own your your weirdness because everyone is weird in a, in a way. And whoever in, in the line that really stuck with me the most was from a movie is uh, Goodwill Hunting. When, oh, sure. uh, when Robin Williams describes his wife, he said, mm. like, it, I wasn't the perfection that I fall in love with, the imperfection, how he is those things sure. that are special. And, and, the way you present yourself is it was just really st stood out to me in the world where people tried to be Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon's yeah. and uh, and other influencers and right or I would say influencers but content creators. But also, sure. yeah. Also, what I feel is is different about you is not your creating life. You're like you're creating things for the video is that you just put the video on the life that you have it's like you have yeah. your content happening in real time but you and you're just showing it to the people yeah yeah no exactly you know and um i just want you know anybody that's watching this and wanting to be a youtuber and everything like it's really hard to find what you should do right like i 
So just a background in like how I got into YouTube again after making videos for so many years and getting into the Living Bobby channel, like uh, what it is basically today. Um, I had a friend who he had something like 10,000 subscribers at the time and he was making skateboarding videos. And I was like, well, I love doing videos, but I just don't know what people want to watch, right? And I'm like, I'm not a skateboarder. I don't have a skill. Like he basically, like he, he like gave me the idea, like you need to do something. You need to build basically a community, right? So like, if you look at, um, yes, theory, it's like a community of people that like doing challenges and like life, uh, challenges, you know, like some of their most successful videos are, uh, like 24 hour challenges that are comfort zone based, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it is like that challenge and also meaning, um, if you look at like Peter McKinnon, right, it's like he does um, very like cinematic uh, content about photography and video. And like so so like I I was just this normal guy. Like, I don't know what I should do, though, because, you know, like I got to New York and, uh, you know, I live in this very cheap apartment and um, just trying to you know make it out here. I've just been traveling for three years, so I don't have a massive amount of savings um, to like just have me be chilling in New York. So um, I was eating a uh, two two dollar thing of noodles um, on, on my street, and it just clicked in my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna make a video about uh, the dollar meals in New York City that I eat on a daily basis. Um, like it's kind of a McDonald's dollar menu, but it's like cultural. It's, yeah. it's amazing, right? Bubble tea, it's dollar pizza, it's dollar dumplings. It's, oh my you know, God, dude, you just like throws <laughs> me back right now. I like, I miss, I miss the city. I lived that life because yeah. I crashed on a couch for like, th- for about a month. And all I was doing is eating a dollar menu. There you go, right? I mean, so, but like, yeah, I mean, I think that that it's funny that it worked, but it was just like, oh, I just need to do what I, I just need to videotape what I do, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's funny, but uh, you know, it's it's very hard to understand what you should do on on YouTube content, but um, it's easy at the end of the day. It's just living the life that you live, right? <laughs> <laughs> so just just put your voice out there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like people, people underestimate the power that their voice can have. Um, I never thought that people would find it interesting uh, eating, you know, dollar dumplings, right? Like I was like, um, I go here because I don't want to spend more than $10 on food a day. But like, you know, people, I made one video and then people were, uh, you know, they, they loved it, right? They were like, this is amazing. So um, and then just made a bunch of others. And, um, you know, there's some, it's not, you know, it's not like the rest is history after one video, right? Yeah. Like it takes a long time. It's like, you make one good video and then you make 10 that are not that great. And then you make another good video and then you make five that aren't great. And then you make another good video. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, it lessens so that after a while you only make good videos, but that you know, that takes years. So, oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like you're gonna, like, it's a personal feeling that I have after experiencing this conversation and what you do. 
is if you go back to New York post post COVID, and you're gonna go back revisit this idea of one dollar, you're gonna help a lot of people to to go back on track, because right now you sure. have the power of community, and the the yeah. power of people behind you, and you can put positive as positive the positive force into work and say, hey, those are like those dollar restaurants right now in this <laughs> in this area yeah and and mm -hmm. people would go and see because i'm sure like i Absolutely. visited a bunch of restaurants after watching buzzfeed worth it sure yeah like they they do yeah. the and they i found i found this they did a cheesecake episode and then there was one um i think by chinatown uh and mm -hmm. i just like went there and and that's and 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 that's something that i really I think I see you, I definitely see you do that. And I see the positivity that you have in your content. And it's just awesome. Yeah. It's just awesome. That, yeah. By the way, how is it like to, when you grew up in the YouTube community and, and work with other amazing creatives around you? Yeah. Like, how is it like to, mm -hmm. to, you know, be in this league of, of those, of people in, uh, who, who just grind, do the same process and you, that you do in just in a different way. Sure. Yeah. It's really interesting to see uh, how everybody does what they do, you know, because, um, you know, it, it's, it's really great to see the finished product of people. Um, you know, it's inspiring. It's, it's amazing. But at the same time, it's, even more fascinating to see the back end of everything, like how, how people, uh, operate, uh, if they do it solo, if they have a team, um, just the meaning behind their videos. You know, I feel a lot of people, uh, they don't at this stage on YouTube, they don't necessarily express the deepness of content mm -hmm. that of the content that they make, but when you see it on the back end, you truly understand the goals of these people, the, the mission of these people. And it's a really beautiful thing to, you know, there's no content creator that is uh, not a hard working person, you know, like they're in there every day, uh, making, you know, so many videos, making so many hours on their computer, you know, finding the next idea for themselves, Definitely. connecting with their community. Um, it's a lot of work, right? Um, but it's really rewarding and it's really, it's really cool to be, you know, like I said about culture, like it's really cool to be on the outside of that forest, looking into another content creator and just kind of seeing like, uh, the incredible mission that they're on. So that's really amazing. Yeah. That's and I'm one of the like uh before we do our small questionnaire, I'm gonna ask this question <laughs> that I feel like because uh, you you have seen some like you've seen many forests, you've been in many forests, and you've stepped yeah. outside of many forests and you walk sure. around and gain a lot of perspective, which I would hope one day to to have this conversation with you like many years forward and just see how things have changed from this point. Yeah. And but so far after after being around and seeing so much, uh, what do you think that is mat what does matter most at the end of the day for you and the people around you? Um, 
what matters most for me? Let's see. Uh, I would just say that what matters most for me is, hmm, that's a very difficult question. I would, I'd just say spending moments with, uh, people that are my friends and family. Um, and also just spending moments, uh, in a way of the only way that you can describe them is like a magical, you know, set in and a magical occurrence. Right. It, and what I mean by that is just like, you just like, you know, you have one of those moments where you stop yourself, uh, speaking Spanish or speaking another language. And you're just like, this is, you know, magical. Like I never thought that I could be here, you know, and do this thing. Um, and when you experience that with, you know, a loved one or a, a great friend, it's uh, it's a really beautiful moment because you not only experience that with yourself, but you experience that with somebody else too. So I think at this point in my life, that's, mm -hmm. that's definitely what I, you know, work towards and what I love doing. Um, I think before when I was, you know, in my early twenties, I think it was more so like, uh, I didn't care so much about spending those moments with people that are my friends or my family, but more so like moments where I'm just like, Oh, like this person I met yesterday type of thing <laughs> <laughs> that, that maybe, you know, I have people that I met, you know, yesterday, five years ago, um, that, you know, are now still great friends, right. That I met maybe sleeping on their couch or something like that. But at this, at this point right now, it's more so like, I love meeting new people, but at the same time, I love spending more moments with people, uh, that are my friends and that are my, uh, family. So that's, yeah. that's truly beautiful. That's, uh, that's a really awesome thing to, to hear how, how about yourself, man? Tell how, me, tell me, tell me what's your, I'm interested. What, what matters to me the most at this point, um, yeah. is to, to make every day count, you know, like that every day I, I get up and I set something to myself and I make it and I make the progress because there's goals that I see in the future. And right now I ha I don't have all the tools that I need. So, but at the same time as working hard as, as putting effort is to enjoy the, the process to really enjoy what I do because uh, like this podcast is, is a process. I just started, this is the fourth, your episode is going to be the 14th episode. And, oh, awesome. and, you know, like you see other amazing creators and, and who rocking this world and they, and I say, okay, I want to be there. I want to be in this realm, but I want to enjoy the process. So, and I, I immerse myself what I do and, and I just take every day at a time because I have, you know, I have my own, uh, challenges in life. And one of the big ones that I, I share on this podcast and I share on the, on just on my YouTube and pretty much I, I wear it on my sleeve is an I deal with, I deal with mental issues, like not mental mm. issues. I deal with suicidal thoughts. So sure. it's something that is very hard and very hard to, to go through because it can really make or break your day. So for me, every day sure. that I, that I accomplish something is a win. And, and so for me, the down the, at the end of the day is, as I put something on paper, whether it's reaching out to a loved one or just like, you know, record a podcast or, or just, you know, make myself a cup of coffee. I'm like, yes, my day is good. And I'm, I'm I feel, yeah. I feel that I'm making the most out of life. 
That's awesome. That's a great answer. I mean, that's, that's true, man. I mean, like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to, it's sometimes hard in any place that you're in to, uh, to, to really have a balance between ambition, but also enjoyment. Right. Um, there's definitely been a couple of times in my YouTube, you know, uh, career, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. or like maybe sometimes ambition has taken a higher ground to enjoyment. And then I just come back down and I'm like, okay, no, like you need enjoyment with progress. And, you know, when there's just progress, um, is it even worth it then? Right. It's like, sometimes you need both, right. You need enjoyment and progress at the same time, because it's, uh, like you said, that's the beauty of what doing something. It's the enjoyment of just enjoying the process with everything, enjoying the, you know, hours of work that you put in, but at the same time and, um, taking time to appreciate what you've already done, you know, yeah, 100%, 100% is, is I, I, I use it. I have a mantra and I read it. I wrote it on my arm on a tattoo, which I use in photography. Mm. Um, okay, I'm doing cool. photography before I started podcast. I'm a photographer, most first and foremost, but something that I, I learned is you can always change your perspective and you can always find beauty in everything that you do. So it doesn't matter if you're like grinding in front of premiere or or just uh, I don't know, in the, in the middle of the street, trying to find the next, the next angle. But you can always like that's why I asked you. I asked you about if you ever catch yourself in the moment, because if you catch yourself mm-hmm. and you're aware of kind of does there is a game going on when you're too focused, like when your blinds are on and you're like going forward like a racehorse. Sometimes yeah. you miss the whole the whole the scenery, but when you able to be in the scenery and catch yourself it's it's you always you can always find the energy to go forward and and see the beauty of your process the beauty of the the work the beauty of everything that you're doing yeah it's uh it's really a beautiful thing to stop yourself you know and to just embrace it you know and to you know sometimes i forget if like i came up with this or if like a friend of mine did or like I, I to be honest don't don't remember anymore but um I I remember either I thought of this or a friend said um you want to stop yourself sometimes and be like I'm gonna remember this feeling and moment you know and it's I've done that all throughout my life not all throughout my life but all throughout my adult life I guess you would say um and specifically in travels, you know, there's been, there was moments when I, you know, I was traveling through China or Russia or, you know, whatever country it was. And I'm just like in this moment where, you know, maybe I'm speaking another language, maybe I'm with people that I just met that we're having the best conversation ever. Maybe we're hiking for three days or something like that. Who knows? But it's just, there's, there's moments that, um, they truthfully can change your life more than once, Mm -hmm. you know, they can change your life in the moment. They can also change your life when you reflect on them. And it's a really beautiful thing when you take time to remember them in the moment so that you can really reflect on it later on. 
you so, kind of make a mental snapshot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you take you, a picture of what's Yeah, going you on. take a picture and you intentionally store it in your mind and you're like, oh, I'm going to revisit that that album later. And that's that's so cool, yes. man. That's a great that's <laughs> like I'm I'm happy I'm recording this because I'm definitely going to listen back to it and and, <laughs> and for for it to to learn every part, every episode is I learn something and I take away something and that's if 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 I would say one of the best things to take away from for me from this episode is that that like that line that you just said and thank you for mm. sharing this and it's really awesome sure. really really Absolutely, awesome man, man. Oh, and uh, I appreciate it yeah all right so here's the thing that I use you have you ever heard of the show uh, actor studio no, I don't think I have. Maybe I have, but I'm not sure. Exactly. So, so um, there was there was a show called Actor Studio hosted by the late James Lipton. He he interviewed all the A-list uh, actors and 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 directors sure. in the industry, and he did it with an okay. amazing grace. Like if someone wants to learn how to <laughs> interview this guy, his research he had those stack of He's cards. He was amazing. Like I, I that's awesome. You and he's interviewed like all all the greats, Robin and Will Smith and and Spielberg and everyone, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, and it's amazing. But at the end of the interview, he had this questionnaire who he took from a French interviewer called Bernard Pivot, and I mm -hmm. always and I found and finally like few few episodes ago, I kind of came back to it, it came it rushed back to my mind I'm like oh. I can do this too now. So, <laughs> so I'm going to awesome. ask you those questions. And um, yeah, so let's start. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Um, hmm. I would say... <sighs> hmm. This is a tough question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am... Choosing between uh, spontaneity and uh, magic, but those are both not the word. I would I would say a combination of um, the magic of spontaneity, right. something right. like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure if we look at Merriam-Webster, we'll find that that word. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not a word master by any means, so I'm sure there's a specific word out there. Um, yeah, I, I'm not the best with my words. <laughs> not playing scramble with you, or I mean, or should I? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to win, uh, I'm your guy. You know? <laughs> I took notes. All right. What's the least favorite word? Um, hmm. I would say uh, my least favorite word is anything that falls under the realm of somebody saying you can't do something. Mm. Um, so again, not really sure what that word is, <laughs> but it's so just any word that falls under that. Um, not many people have told me I can't do something in my life, but whenever somebody does, even for the smallest thing, um, I just always remember that because it's, it's really, 
a peculiar scenario when somebody tells you, um, oh, you can't do that. Or I just, I just don't like when people say that because that means that they have a better foresight of your future, which is not necessarily, or they just gave up, they tried it and they get, got burned. And now they, they just, that's their way to make sure everyone stays on their level, you know? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm always stunned when people, yeah. Uh, when stuff like that happens yeah but, and what turns you on what turns me on in and what in what in a, format in uh i would say not not in the sexual way in uh spiritual in the spiritual like something in the world that you experience that kind of turns you on you know like gets you gets you hyped gets me, yeah gets me hyped Hmm. So many things, honestly. Um, I'd say, uh, I mean, just like being, being in a different environment, being in a, I think that to be honest, I think the thing that really gets me is when somebody just wants to be your friend and when you want to be theirs, um, there's not, I feel like we don't understand how, how there's not actually many situations when two people enter into a conversation and they want to be your friend. Right. Um, and I, I love when you're put into a situation where, uh, you know, you're not only friendly, but you want to get to know this person and it's the same way for the other. Um, and I found that a lot through couch surfing, mm -hmm. um, amazing community of people, uh, and yeah, it's what, what gets me with that is that, um, this person is then very open to an adventure or to getting to know you better. And I think that's such a beautiful thing when, when we break down our barriers of, oh, I don't know this person that well, I'm going to be a little bit cold with them, or I'm going to be warm with them, but also be flaky, you know, like, and it's, yeah. it's a really beautiful thing when you just can be and just enjoy. And, uh, you know, I've had those experiences with other travelers, uh, the two Israelis that I met, I met them in a hostel. And the next day we went to, uh, another place with each other and then traveled with each other for two months. Didn't know each other before, <laughs> just did it. And that's such a beautiful and open, you know, way to live. And, uh, yeah. So that, I think that's the number one thing that, really gets me that's awesome so, what mm -hmm. i would say now the opposite what what turns you off Ooh. um negativity mm. i you know i really want to be i want to be specific about it and like that you know negativity is not a bad thing but uh you know and for the people that are your friends and your your loved ones and even acquaintances it's fine to, you know, to talk about things that are not the best things to talk about, right? Like life is not always amazing. Um, but at the same point, there's a certain gauge that, uh, there's some people that are just very negative about everything. Um, and I, I think for me, I, I just, you know, when somebody's negative about too much, 
uh, in one day. <laughs> um, it, uh, it can get to me a little bit. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I would say that my energy is very influenced by the people around me, um, for better or worse. Right. And when people are high energy, um, when, when they are, you know, wanting to enjoy life, maybe even if they're not in the best mood, you know, like I've had a lot of adventures with friends that maybe they're going through a breakup or maybe, uh, they, you know, got fired from their job or something like that. But, and, you know, we've talked and we're talking about that and maybe have a lot of heart to hearts and stuff, but at the same time, it's like, we're there to enjoy life. We're there to embrace it. We're not there to talk about how shitty the beans are at lunch or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. So, hundred percent like those people are kind of sometimes you know like oh this is wrong and this is wrong and like (laughs) but like it's great that the the people can get their heads out of their ass sometimes and just plow through you know yes absolutely what what sound or noise do you like what sound or noise i like let's see um i think i'm somebody that's like very you know everybody loves music but at the same time like when i this might sound funny but when i find a new song that i just love it's like something just clicks in mm-hmm. me right and i have to listen to that song for like three hours straight like i like put it on repeat and it's just like and i, I move to it like constantly constantly so i wouldn't say it's a specific sound i would say that you know there's just some songs um where i just like it, it just gets to me it like it, it just yeah exactly yeah and doesn't matter how many times i listen to it it's like always going to be one of those songs dude you should um, come dancing for at least the next couple of years yeah yeah dude you absolutely. should, yeah, you, should absolutely. you should do dancing 100% <laughs> I remember I remember when I met you guys, you were going dancing and I'm like, I gotta go back. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm waking up early. You're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Next time, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, what is the noise or sound that you hate? The noise or sound that I hate. Uh mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> Well, actually, I just got a new phone, so uh, I just discovered that I don't like this sound, but it's when your alarm goes off and it vibrates at the same time on a table, that freaks me out so much. Like, I wake up and I'm like, you know, for the first week of having the phone, I didn't understand how you turned the vibrating off for the alarm because you turned it off on the the alarm setting, not the normal setting. So I was getting so annoyed. I was like, I don't want to set an alarm, but I need to set an alarm because, you know, and I would always, you know, maybe it would be, uh, let's say I wake up at eight, maybe, maybe it would be like seven fifteen. be like, I just like, thank God I woke up before the alarm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it did so, its yeah, job. It, it does its job. Yeah, right? it, gets you, yeah. it gets you up oh, in the morning. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's not a nice wake up yeah, call. It's 100%. like, ah, uh, you know, it's, you know, is there somebody breaking into my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely it. What, what is your favorite curse word? Favorite curse word. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> let's see. 
Um, I would probably say, I would probably say saying something like, holy shit, I think is my favorite way of, because, um, I think it's kind of like, uh, I think it's something that I use a lot when I'm blown away by something, but really blown away by it. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a really positive curse word. Um, at the same time, it's a really, uh, it's a curse word that I use a lot when I feel something very exhilarating. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, you know? Um, and I don't think I ever, I mean, you know, obviously we use curse words for both positive and negative things, but at the same time, I don't think I, even during negative moments, maybe be like, holy shit, you know, like this is like a, you know, a harsh situation, but at the same time you're feeling something, yeah. which is really cool. It's not like, a, uh, you know, it, so yeah, holy shit. <laughs> a, a favorite expression. Shit, I guess the specific word, but holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it encapsulates your, 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 your experience very well <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah it's like it's different it's like oh my gosh this is this is crazy so yeah i like it i like it what <laughs> yeah. profession other than your own would you like to attempt hmm that's a good question um what profession would i like to attempt hmm I think it would be interesting to be some sort of like cultural ambassador to, uh, you know, I, I've always thought of that. Like whenever I have a couple of friends who their parents were ambassadors of their countries growing up and, you know, I have this one friend who his parents are from Spain um, and they were ambassadors in Japan in Congo in uh in norway in a couple other countries but he speaks six languages right and he like talks about growing up in japan when he was you know 15 um going to his first clubs you know because in tokyo (laughs) that's like what you do i guess um but like it's so cool going to restaurants with him because you know normally you'll go to restaurants in the u.s at least with maybe your uh you know, your friend is from Mexican origins, right? Because there's so many, you know, Mexico's right there and everything. And there's so many uh, Mexican people. Um, and, you know, you're impressed by them, you know, ordering tacos in like Spanish and stuff. Whereas this guy, you go to a Japanese restaurant and he orders in Japanese and then you go to a Spanish restaurant. And of course he orders in Spanish, because he's a <laughs> Spanish speaker. And then he speaks just like you do in English. And you're just like, okay, this guy has experienced a lot more in life than I have. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's a cool thing because it's, um, I think I enjoy my, my job more, uh, because it's such a free and open and creative thing to do. But at the same time, it's, I think it's quite a cool idea to, to, uh, be an ambassador because it's, it's really actually representing, um, your country. So mm-hmm. that's it's really cool. That's awesome. What, did, yeah. what other profession you wouldn't like to attempt? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, I have a lot, I think. Um, I would probably say uh, anything that would keep me behind a desk all day and have me be 
um, doing some sort of report for something, maybe being an accountant, maybe being, uh, you know, I have nothing against people that are doing these jobs. I think it's like jobs that are needed to do. And I think you can be creative with it. I think you can be creative with anything, but, um, yeah, I would probably say, I'd probably say something like being in a, maybe being like an auditor or mm-hmm. something like that. I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. You're a free yeah. spirited I mean, I guy. It's, it's, uh, I always try to, yeah. Like I always, you know, I was the kid in school that I was not a very good student. I never liked reading the same books as other people. Um, I think that for me, I believe like everybody is different and I think everybody forms their own pathway and everything like that. And, you know, when I was talking about accounting, I was like, well, I guess I could do that with it. You know, like, and I was like, um, thinking in that way. So, I mean, I think I said accountant because it's kind of like the position that a lot of people talk about and all, oh, well, you know, I would never want to do this. And then it's like, but no, it's kind of cool as well. So I say it with a little bit of like, I get you with a pinch of, with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Because to be honest, I mean, I, you know, I have a CPA that, that helps me with uh, my taxes and he's super cool. You know, he talks about like crunching numbers in a way that I've never heard before. Right. So it's like, he feels very passionate about that. Um, it's just that, you know, I, I don't maybe feel the yeah. same passion. No, I get you. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has their own, uh, their own way. Absolutely. Yeah. And why, the last question is if heaven exists, what would you like to God say to you when you uh, get to the pearly gates? Oh, I think I'd like him to say, uh, that, so I heard this thing from this guy, um, who he's not a motivational speaker by any means. He's actually an ex Navy SEAL. Uh, and he, you know, wrote this book that he self published and it ended up being a popular book. Is that Jocko Willem? No, no, but Jocko's <laughs> cool too. Um, no, this is David Goggins. Oh, you know, dude, David everyone Goggins. knows David Goggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of people don't. So like, I think he's you kind of like, you know, anyway, so like, yeah, but I mean, you're in podcasts. So like, obviously, yeah, like that's, you know, he's your guy. But, um, but yeah, so he said something where he, he wants, he said his deepest fear is that he would get to heaven and God would be holding up this board and he'd be talking about all the things that he could have been, you know, like, uh, so David Goggins used to be 300 pounds, right. And, uh, mm-hmm. not athletic. And he, um, was spraying for cockroaches and he was an exterminator. And he said his biggest fear was basically, you know, God saying like reading off all these things that now he's accomplished, you know, like Navy seal first in your class, um, you know, uh, ultra marathons, like all this stuff. I think my biggest goal with being at, you know, early gates or whatever is God just looking at me and being like, um, uh, you, you truly made every decision with your heart. And I'm even impressed by the things that was led to you, you know? Um, because there's been a lot of moments in my life where I just like, I feel so much 
so much appreciation for what's presented itself in front of me um, where I just can't explain how I necessarily got there. It was just, I made one decision that was with my heart and then just kept on making those. And then I get to a point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what? Like, this is crazy. This is a amazing thing to, you know, happen. So that's awesome, man. I really hope like whatever, like whatever version people you believe, but I do hope you get to, you get that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. Yeah. Who knows what happens? Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, who knows, yeah, right? But that, that's a. I I feel I feel my feeling is that you're on your right way. Like I feel I feel you're very authentic with what you do, and with uh, you're very open about it. And I just might keep my finger crossed on your path, man. So, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. So you Same keep, with you, keep man. growing. Thank you. Thank you, bro. And now uh, the stage is yours to share with the people uh, your your doings, how they can find you your how they can uh, see your work so uh the floor is all yours awesome well first of all if you're the, does this podcast go on youtube or where does it go it exactly? goes on spotify apple podcast google podcast i put it through anchor so they they distribute it to okay. all the major platforms awesome well whatever platform that anyone's listening on be sure to follow what what's the sorry what's your podcast name again captain's chronicles the captain's chronicles podcast right right now because that's you know this is an amazing podcast i'm so excited um to just see where this goes for you man um yeah i mean and and just let's see uh well i mean if you if you guys want to check out my youtube channel uh it's always there and just trying to make the most interesting videos possible um around the world and uh yeah just trying to grow what is what is out there right uh the video that i'm uploading today is about a guy that built a six thousand dollar tesla which is the cheapest tesla in the world um yeah it's it's amazing um and yeah i would just say my channel is about uh showing the coolest and most interesting most unique stories and uh food and accommodations and transportations and just anything else that life has um so yeah go check that out living bobby on you (laughs) yeah all the links by the way every all the links that bobby just mentioned is going to be down in the description i'm going to post it on my social media of course so please uh check this out enjoy he does an amazing job of making value from the out from what people would think the least valuable people but he puts the value (laughs) out there so thank you so much man for coming on this podcast i really had a great experience oh man i had such a great time yeah thanks for having me on and my pleasure my pleasure and thank you everybody for listening i had a great time and i'll see you in the next episode